Chapter 11 of A Confession by Leo Tolstoy, translated by Almer Maud. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. And remembering how those very beliefs had repelled me and had seemed meaningless when professed by people whose lives conflicted with them, and how these same beliefs attracted me and seemed reasonable when I saw that people lived in accord with them, I understood why I had then rejected those beliefs and found them meaningless, and yet now accepted them and found them full of meaning. I understood that I had erred, and why I had erred. I had erred not so much because I thought incorrectly as because I lived badly. I understood that it was not an error in my thought that had hid the truth from me, as much as my life itself and the exceptional conditions of epicurean gratification of desires in which I had passed it. I understood that my question as to what my life is and the answer in evil was quite correct. The only mistake was that the answer referred only to my life, while I had referred to it to life in general. I asked myself what my life is and got the reply an evil and an absurdity, and really my life, a life of indulgences of desires, was senseless and evil, and therefore the reply, life is evil and an absurdity, referred only to my life, but not to human life in general. I understood the truth which afterwards I found in the gospel, that men love darkness rather than light, for their works were evil, for everyone that doth ill hateth the light, and cometh not to the light, lest his works should be reproved. I perceive that to understand the meaning of life it is necessary first that life should not be meaningless and evil, then we can apply reason to explain it. I understood why I had so long wandered round so evident a truth, and that if one is to think and speak of the life of mankind, one must think and speak of that life, and not of the life of some of life's parasites. That truth was always as true as that two and two equal four, but I had not yet acknowledged it, because on admitting two and two to be four I had also to admit that I was bad and to feel myself to be good was for me more important and necessary than for two and two to be four. I came to love good people, hated myself, and confessed the truth. Now all became clear to me. What if an executioner, passing his whole life in torturing people and cutting off their heads, or a hopeless drunkard, or of a madman settled for life in a dark room which he had followed, and imagines that he would perish if he left? What if he asked himself, what is life? Evidently, he would be able to provide no other reply to that question than that life is the greatest evil, and the madman's answer would be perfectly correct, but only as it applied to himself. What if I am such a madman? What if all we rich and leisured people are such madmen, and I understood that we really are madmen? I, at any rate, was certainly such. And indeed, a bird is so made that it must fly, collect food, and build a nest. And when I see that a bird does this, I have pleasure in its joy. A goat, a hare, and a wolf are so made that they must feed themselves and must breed and feed their family, and when they do so, I feel firmly assured that they are happy, and that their life is a reasonable one. Then what should a man do? He too should provide his living as the animals do, but with this difference, that he will perish if he does it alone. He must obtain it not for himself, but for all. And when he does that, I have a firm assurance that he is happy, and that his life is reasonable. But what had I done during those whole thirty years in my responsible life? Far from producing sustenance for all, I did not even produce it for myself. I lived as a parasite, on asking myself, what is the use of my life? I got the reply, no use. If the meaning of human life lies in supporting it, how could I, who for thirty years had been engaged not on supporting life but on destroying it in myself and in others, how could I obtain any other answer than that my life was senseless and an evil? It was both senseless and an evil. The life of the world endures by someone's will. By the life of the whole world and by our lives, someone fulfills his purpose. To hope to understand the meaning of that will, one must first perform it by doing what is wanted of us. But if I will not do what is wanted of me, I shall never understand what is wanted of me, and still less what is wanted of all of us and of the whole world. 
If a naked, hungry beggar has been taken to the crossroads, brought into a building belonging to a beautiful establishment, fed, supplied with drink, and obliged to move a handle up and down, evidently before discussing why he was taken, why he should move the handle, and whether the whole establishment is reasonably arranged, the beggar should first of all move the handle. If he moves the handle, he will understand that it works a pump, and that the pump draws water, and that the water irrigates the garden beds. Then he will be taken from the pumping station to another place, where he will gather fruits and will enter into the joy of his master, and passing from lower to higher work, will understand more and more of the arrangements of the establishment, and taking part in it will never think to ask why he is there, and certainly will not reproach the master. So those who do his will, the simple, unlearned working folk, whom we regard as cattle, do not reproach the master. But we, the wise, eat the master's food but do not do what the master wishes, and instead of doing it sit in a circle and discuss, why should that handle be moved? Isn't it stupid? So we have decided. We have decided that the master is stupid or does not exist, and that we are wise, only we feel that we are quite useless and that we must somehow do away with ourselves. End of chapter 11